me uh, add my welcome uh, to Conrad's. My name's Andrew, if you don't know me, and I have a very ancient title of being called a lay reader, and I always say that that just means that the bishop has given me a piece of paper that says he's quite happy for me to stand here. So that's great, isn't it? Um, do keep um, John chapter 20 open in front of you. It's page 1192. You'll certainly find it useful as I work my way through that over the next few minutes. But before we start, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for the work of your Holy Spirit today. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to understand its meaning for us. We pray also, Lord, that your word would work into our hearts and continue to change us into the people you want us to be. Amen. The doors were locked. We're in John chapter 20, verse 19. We hear that disciples are together and the doors are locked. You might think that would be no surprise. The disciples clearly wanted no one to get in. They wanted this to be their safe room from the dangers outside. They wanted this to be a safe room from those dangers. This was their, you could say, a panic room as the disciples bunkered down in this time of emergency. You see, the last few days for them had been absolutely crazy. The disciples were scared for fear of the Jewish leaders. Their own leader, Jesus, their friend Jesus, had been taken away from them and crucified. What were they going to do now? Their future was uncertain. Now, of course, the disciples, they, they'd been with Jesus for uh, three years. Jesus had taught them many things. Jesus had performed miracles in their sight. Yet Jesus had just been betrayed by one of their own. What was going on? Jesus had first been arrested by those Jewish officials who'd been plotting against him for ages. And worse than that, after a, a serious beating and a shambolic trial, Jesus had been crucified like a common criminal. Jesus had, Jesus had been nailed to a cross and left to die. And John records that only one single disciple was said to be there at the cross near the end. All the others had run away, fearful that perhaps they would be next. Peter, for example, was clearly recognizable as a disciple, but he had denied it out of fear for his own safety. Now, the disciples weren't the only ones to be scared of those Jewish leaders. If you went back to John chapter 3, we have a man called Nicodemus who visited Jesus. Nicodemus was himself one of these Jewish leaders, a member of the Jewish ruling council. And clearly Nicodemus was scared of the very people he presumably knew well, people who he sat next to and talked to on that same council. So what did Nicodemus do? He visited Jesus at night time. He did not want to be seen with Jesus. He knew the potential consequences to be associated with Jesus. 
And that same fear gripped the disciples in that locked room. And then there's another example, isn't there, that after Jesus had died on the cross, a man named Joseph of Arimathea, he came forward to ask for the body of Jesus. He asked to bury Jesus in the new unused tomb, which Joseph had presumably set aside for himself. And Joseph, well, he's described as a follower of Jesus. But secretly, secretly, why? Because he feared those same Jewish leaders. So here we are, John chapter 20, a few days later. Our disciples are gathered and the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Should the disciples have been so scared? Well, on one level, yes, of course. I'm sure if we had been there amongst them uh, when Jesus was arrested and then crucified, I'm sure we would have been scared. Yet Jesus had predicted these crazy times. Jesus had predicted that he would suffer and be rejected at the hands of these Jewish officials, the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. Jesus had said he must be killed, but after three days would rise again. That is what Jesus predicted. Not once, not twice, but three times. He said this is what would happen to him. And when Jesus makes a promise, it comes true. If only the disciples had truly listened, and believed that promise from Jesus, would they now be so scared? Would those doors be locked if they truly believed Jesus would indeed rise from the dead? And then there's more craziness happening. Earlier in the day, Peter and another disciple had gone to the tomb, but they found it empty. Jesus' body was no longer there. The linen grave clothes were still there, all folded neatly. And then later, Mary, she told the disciple that she had seen Jesus alive and she had spoken to him. These were indeed crazy days. And so the disciples gathered together that same evening, that first day of the week, and they locked the doors for fear of the Jewish leaders. But their fear was about to turn to joy. Their fear was about to turn to joy. Suddenly, Jesus is standing there among them. Now, we don't know how Jesus got through those locked doors. It's a mystery we'd all like to know, but we're not told. Frankly, it's not important here, save to say that perhaps the risen body was clearly, was different in some way. But this was no ghost. Jesus was alive. Jesus now stood among them for all of them to clearly see that he who was dead was now alive. You see, nothing keeps Jesus from his people as he stands there and brings good news for his fearful friends. And what does he say according to verse 19? Now, he could, he could rightly have been angry at them at, that, at their lack of faith. He could have said, you stupid bunch of cowards for running away. 
But there is no rebuke here, despite their failings. There's no blame which Jesus is about to cast upon them. Instead, Jesus says, look at those words in verse 19. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now, on one level, that was a common greeting. In England, one would expect someone to politely say, good evening. Or perhaps with some sort of urban greeting like, how's it hanging, bro? But we do need to remember that every word of Jesus has meaning and significance. Earlier in chapter 14, Jesus had spoken of giving peace to his disciples. A different type of peace, not like the world gives it. Jesus had also said to his disciples that because of the peace that he will bring, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Yet this is exactly where the disciples were in chapter 20. And in chapter 16, Jesus had also spoken of a peace that would be to come. A peace even within a world full of troubles. And this peace is what Jesus has just achieved for them on the cross. Peace with God. Peace with God. This peace was the very reason Jesus went to the cross. A peace which ends the hostility that exists between man and God because of our constant rebellion against God. This war against God had begun way back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve first thought they knew better than God and they did the one thing they were told not to do. And ever since then, mankind has lived with the consequences of this rebellion against God. Our relationship with God had been broken. But now our relationship was restored. Peace is now possible. Jesus had died and paid the price for which our sin deserves. He didn't deserve to die, but he took our place. Jesus, the Lamb of God, has taken away the sins of the world. Jesus has taken the judgment upon himself which was due to us. And now all of us can enjoy a new, unbroken relationship with God. We now can all be at peace with God if we turn back to him. When we look at the cross, we see a man dying and our hearts can be sad. But through that death, our sadness can be turned into joy. Through the cross, we can have that same peace that Jesus now offers to his disciples. Do you want that peace? It is there for you. It's freely available. You just need to ask. The doors were locked. In a way, that's a metaphor for how many people treat uh, Jesus today, don't they? They don't want him in. They close the door. They lock the door. 
as I was preparing this, I'm thinking of the scene from uh, Lord of the Rings where you have Gandalf standing there on the bridge with a, on a bridge with a staff as he blocks the path of the evil Balrog. You shall not pass, is what he shouts. And sadly, many are saying that to Jesus, aren't they? They seek to block him from coming anywhere near him. Now, many succeed with that throughout their lives. But Jesus can still get in and reach his people. Many people will testify that they came to faith when all the barriers were up against him. But Jesus broke into their lives and brought them peace with God. And Jesus' resurrection proves that death itself can be conquered for the Christian. It proves that what Jesus had said and promised was true. Verse 20, Jesus shows the disciples the evidence of his crucifixion. He showed them his hands and his side. Look what they did to me. But look now, I am alive. And so now, the disciples were overjoyed, overjoyed as they saw this evidence right in front of them. Their fear was turned to joy. And that same joy can be ours today. Well, what wonderful assurance Jesus brings to his followers hiding in a locked room. And did you notice, just in case the disciples have not really understood what Jesus was saying, what he has achieved for them. He says it again, doesn't he? Verse 21, peace be with you. Then having brought joy and good news to his disciples, Jesus then explains what they are meant to do now. A few minutes earlier, they thought their future was uncertain, but Jesus tells them what their future will be. He wants them out of that locked room into the world outside. And that is the commission he gives his disciples in verse 21, doesn't he? He says to them, uh, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, perhaps there, there ought to be that little brackets and the words, as I have done what I have meant to do. So now I'm sending you. Disciples, you're going to follow my example. I was sent by God, and you are now being sent by me. And that's exactly what Jesus had said earlier as well. Earlier, Jesus had said to his disciples that they must testify to the world all that they've learned about him. Jesus has already spoken to them of being sent into the world, and his prayer for them back in chapter 17 was that people would believe in Jesus through the message being proclaimed by the disciples. And this is where the church is today. The disciples went out. They told the good news about Jesus to others, who in turn told others and told others and told others this same good news. Praise the Lord. This good news of peace with God. Good news proved with evidence that Jesus was risen from the dead. This good news that sins can be forgiven. 
2,000 years have passed since Jesus sent out his disciples and this same good news, praise the Lord, is still being sent out into this world today. But you're not alone with that task. Did you notice verse 22? And with this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What a contrast now. The disciples were scared, fearful back in verse 19. And now they're joyful and now they're empowered by the Holy Spirit to get out there, proclaim this wonderful good news to the world. They're not alone in that task as God himself, through the person of the Holy Spirit, will go with them. Praise the Lord. Many will receive this news with gladness. Sadly, for many, it will simply be a message of judgment. That's the meaning behind verse 23 when he says to them, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, don't let the language of that verse confuse us. The disciples themselves will not have the power amongst themselves to determine where people are before God. Only God knows. But the disciples are authorized to pronounce the verdict God has already passed, that those who trust in Jesus can be forgiven. Praise the Lord. But those who reject this message will stand in judgment as they cannot be forgiven if they never ask or seek for that peace with God. Well, today we hear of glorious good news. Have you received and accepted that good news? If you have, praise the Lord. And we have a glorious gospel to proclaim. So will you do that? In these verses, we have assurance that we have peace with God through the cross, through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And today we're told exactly what God wants us to do, to go out of our safe places, and get into the world. Let's pray. Jesus said, peace be with you. Thank you, Father, for the peace with you that we can enjoy today, achieved by Jesus on the cross. But we also confess our failure to follow you and serve you with faith and obedience. Forgive us and instead give us afresh that same power through the Holy Spirit to declare the gospel message, the, the good news about Jesus to this world. Today, if we're down and fearful, give us your joy and confidence to go forth to the glory of Jesus' name. Amen.